Welcome to the Readings and Ramblings podcast, where we ramble about the Bible and the books we're reading, all from a Christian worldview. We're your hosts, Janice Jones and Shanna Vera, and we invite you to journey with us in our thoughts and exchange of ideas. Our hope is that these conversations will inspire you to read and grow in faith with friends. Hello, everybody. This is Janice Gentles-Jones. And Shanna Vera. Thank you for joining us again for Readings and Ramblings. We're so excited to be here. We always, we always, I wish you could hear us right before we start our podcast because we have our own long conversation and we have to remember to start the podcast. (laughs) We're like, why are we meeting? All right. It's for the (laughs) podcast. It's not just to catch up and see how you're actually doing. Okay. (laughs) But prior to us starting, we were talking about, um, I was telling you, Shanna, about the app, the Future Me app. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to try it, but you can write a letter to yourself. It's a free, it's a free website, and you can write a letter to yourself, and you can have it email you that letter, uh, in, like in the future. And so I was, <laughs> the letter that came to me. I think on the day I wrote it, I was very sad and very upset about life. <laughs> So the letter that came to me was the same. I was like, I felt the same way. It was like a year later. I'm like, why haven't why haven't life got better? <laughs> I'm actually scared. Future me. I'm scared to try it. I feel like I I can be very optimistic about where I see myself in a year or two from now. And I'm afraid if I don't achieve it, I'm going to feel like, oh, I failed. <laughs> oh my goodness, then don't use that app because yeah. it's like oh. I said, oh, no, nothing's changed. But you know what? I am going to write it again because maybe it will change. So then I had to go through my journal because I have a journal that I don't write in very often. Actually, if you look at the dates, they are so sometimes it'll see like you'll see two or three or four days and it'll be like six months later and then a year (laughs) later. (laughs) It's very interesting. But I was reading through that journal after doing the future me after <laughs> I was even more depressed because I was like oh, no. oh, I still feel the same way Aww. I have no growth there Aww. is no growth <laughs> I doubt that I highly doubt that so I don't know I think I'm against reading journals and writing letters to yourself in the future yeah see in my <laughs> mind I feel like oh okay you know I'm accomplishing things but I actually don't know because I can't remember what I did last year so and I kind of like it that way. <laughs> well, you know what? I would have said uh, differently, but uh, after all of this, no, I don't think. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Maybe it's best that we don't remember what we were feeling before. <laughs> oh, Anyhow, um, <clears throat> that was my <laughs> remembrance for today. <laughs> How was your week? Uh, it was good. We had family visiting this weekend, which always makes the days go so much faster. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, it's Wednesday. And as I was confessing, I did really terrible with my notes. So I'm hoping <laughs> I will stay organized tonight. But if I happen to wander off onto a tangent, just bring me back. <laughs> I'll try because okay. I, I can go off on that tangent, too. I'll be with you. I'll be going with you. So... <laughs> Oh, man. So do you have a quote for this week? I do. All right. right. So mine is, we cannot all argue, but we can all pray. We cannot all be leaders, but we can all be pleaders. 
We cannot all be mighty in rhetoric, but we can all be prevalent in prayer. C.H. Mm. Spurgeon said that. Oh, I love that. Oh, you have to send that one to me. I will. I and like that one. What did you, it, you wish you were reading him? Are you no, reading him? actually, somebody shared his quote, I think it was on Facebook, and I saw it. And it just hit me because I feel like I've been thinking a lot about prayer and the power of prayer. I feel like our last podcast, we were talking about the power of prayer. So yeah. I don't know why that's just been kind of a, a theme lately for me. So yeah. when I read it, I was just like, wow, that's, you know, it's yeah. not just I'll pray for you. It It is a lot more than that, you know. And even if I am not eloquent in speech or, you know, I don't say things correctly, I think about, you know, how the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and how everything that we say is filtered through the Holy Spirit. And, you know, God knows our hearts and what we what we mean. I feel like sometimes I don't always get the words out right or I don't always say it correctly. Yeah. And it's not my heart's intention, but he knows. So I don't know. It was just, it was, you just forget how powerful prayer is. I thought it just really, it really encapsulated that for me. And, you know, that's pretty, um, that's pretty awesome because my quote comes from the book, Teaching from Rest. Oh, oh I love that book. book. <gasps> oh, I actually goodness, I meant to have ask it. you. Did yes, you read yes, it? Yes, yes. Okay. I, it's I, an easy I, read, actually. So if you have not read it, it is short. It is not hard. And it's actually for the moms who need to teach from rest. So if you're in a hard place in your life, it's actually really easy to get through and I actually did the audio book, so it's even easier. And it was a quick, I don't know, it was only a few hours long, maybe two hours. It two was very hours, short. Yes. It was very short. So. Yes. I I bought it, uh, I think, 2016, but I don't remember much of it. But you know how you can buy something or you can read something in a season, but it doesn't have, depending on where you are, it doesn't have, it may not have the same impact as when you really need to Yes. Uh, read it. And uh, so... I decided to reread it again and I'm enjoying it so much. And one of the things that she was saying, this is not my quote, but one of the things that she was saying, she was talking about prayer and, you know, she gave like these short prayers and I actually wrote them down because sometimes like you're saying, and you may not be eloquent in what you're trying to say and you don't know how to say it. And, you know, sometimes saying it for me, sometimes saying the words, whether I'm praying for myself or praying for a friend, it just feels like just saying the words is not enough. Like mm -hmm. I need to, I mm -hmm. need to be something so God can really get how important this is. Right. But, yeah. You know, so it's like, so that's where you, 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 you start to think, oh, it wasn't as eloquent as maybe, you know, a pastor or someone who, you know, prays well could have said it, but I think like, I agree with what you said, you know, God knows, well, you know, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us as we're praying and we don't need to be perfect because he knows what's in our heart. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, and one of the things I thought I wrote it down, I know I wrote it down, but of course, because I'm looking for it, I can't find it. But she gave like little short prayers because she was like, you know, you don't always have to think that you have to have this long drawn out prayer. You know, you can just, you know, say, um, the prayers that she gave were like so short and simple, you know, like even if you think you're too busy to pray, these prayers are so simple to even say, Oh, here they are. They were like, one of them was, um, Oh Lord, Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just, I was actually, that was the prayer I was, I kept saying yesterday. I just kept, you know, each, each, like when it came to mind, I would just, you know, say it. And it was a, it didn't feel like a prayer because, you know, prayers feel like they need to be long and I need to have my list. You know, I have my red book prayer where I have thousands of names and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and all these things, but it felt, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, of course, but sometimes it's just that simple prayer. Like, and she, one of the other one was like, Jesus, my God, I love thee above all things, you know, and imagine mm-hmm. like that's simple. You could just be in the kitchen and just, you know, saying that prayer or you can be in the bathroom and just saying that prayer. Yeah. Or God, come to my assistance. You know, that's a simple prayer. Uh, and uh, Lord, make haste to help me. She said that was her favorite one. <laughs> and sometimes you feel that way. It's yeah. Like, can, yes. you, can you help me right now? Yes. <laughs> so I love that. And I love that prayer can be detailed. And I love that it can be, uh, you know, just a cry for help or just an acknowledgement of who you are and what you are. So I I've been so with you I've been that. reading a book. Well, I'm reading a lot of books on prayer. Maybe that's why also prayer has been a thing for me, actually, now that I think about it. But um, I've been going through a book slowly. It's called Praying. I think it's called Praying for Your Teens or Praying Over Your Teens, something like that. Yep. And she takes just like Proverbs and she gives you a list of ways to pray for different situations. And she's just like, insert your child's name into these verses and pray them. And yes. that has been really powerful to me because I've never thought to do that. And I thought it was nice that she kind of put them there for you. Also, the Bible reference. So you could look it up in your Bible if you wanted to and where yes. to find it. But I thought that was really encouraging, too. Um, and the other book that I'm reading, it's called uh, The Praying Wife or The Power, mm-hmm. The Power of the Praying Wife. Praying Wife. Mm-hmm. And, Praying for uh, our husbands. Yeah. And it's just kind of how to pray with intention over your marriage, for your spouse, for yourself in the marriage. And that's been helpful because I find it very easy to pray for my children. I yeah. have desires and goals for them that I you know, often pray about. I pray over them before they go to sleep. I just find it really easy to pray for my children. But when it comes to praying for my husband or praying for our marriage, it's different. And I think I kind of don't do it. it. Yeah, I don't do it maybe at all. Like, so that book has encouraged me to kind of make that a part of my prayer life, you know, that that's also something that needs to be on my prayer list. It's not, you know, just about your children or, you know, other people. It's about your own marriage and the power that that holds. So that's been good for me also. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I I had read a similar book. Um, I don't remember what it was, but it was, I think it was called Praying for Your Husband. And, um, and I had some prayers, too, that I wrote down. But if I'm being honest, by the time I wrote down all those prayers, I was just like, I could have spent a whole day praying. And not to say it in a malicious way, but it was just like a lot of prayers and trying to pick and choose. And I think I have totally slacked on that. So thank you for reminding me. I will be adding marriage and my husband back to the prayer <laughs> Back list. to the prayer list. <laughs> I'm praying for everybody else. But that, yeah. That Honey, you made it back important. on the list. <laughs> Sorry, you were off. <laughs> no, it it is sad, but it's true for me as well. Is it's kind of like 
you know, I, I want my marriage to be one of the most important things. I think it's so important for my kids to see a healthy, you know, Christian marriage. I, I know that that's important. Yes. But then when it comes to prayer, it's like my kids take priority and I don't know how that happens. So yeah. um, I've been trying to work on that. So. All right. So we both have stuff to do. I'll, I'll listen. I'll get my red prayer book out. <laughs> put that in there you know what it is I think I have to like set up prayer times where it's like okay morning you pray for this afternoon is this evening is this and you know I I I thought the same thing too but I have to be honest that I falter or fall during that afternoon (laughs) prayers you know like once your day cuts going I even I even set it up on the you theme because you know the you theme app or the U app, not you theme, but the U app has where you can have it remind you to pray. Oh, I did I, see that. Yeah. I, I, but, you know, I like clear it and I'm like, okay, then I feel guilty for not praying. <laughs> like, you know what? Okay, let's, I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad. But um, right now, I think like the simple prayer uh, means more to what I, what my heart needs, you know, and um just kind of remember, I really love the one that's like, Oh Lord, Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, there's so many things I'm trying to do in my, my mind and my heart is just not where it needs to be. And I feel like that's the prayer I need the most. Who is it that says it? I think is that Paul who says, you know, this, the spirit is willing, but the, the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. And I feel that I feel that so often I feel like my my spirit is like, yes, we're going to do this and we're going to do it well. And then the flesh, it just fails me. And has other plans. Yeah. Just, (laughs) and you know, it's not the words that I say. Sometimes it's really the thoughts that I'm thinking (laughs) and (laughs) like, which, you know, we know is just as bad as, as, as saying the words. So, I, I do like my, um, what is it, Psalms 51, where it's like, created me a pure heart. I yep. prayed that prayer. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a psalm I pray as a prayer, you know, because I really believe that. Because it's like, you know, it's like creating me a pure heart and yep. renew a steadfast spirit within me. Yep. And it's like, please don't take your Holy Spirit or presence away Wait from me. me. Yep. And it's like, restore it and restore to me the joy of your salvation. And, yes. and that line means a lot because it's like, I need restoration right now uh, and being joyful that I have, you know, yep. regardless of everything else, yep. you know, just give me that joy of my salvation. And then it ends with the grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. So I love that. That is too. a really good prayer. Yeah, it's like, I need that, especially that crazy actually, in your heart. I learned that verse as a song. So, oh, and yeah. I, you know, our church has it too, but they sing it after offering. Oh, that's weird. Um, yeah, very weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that have to do with offering? But maybe I'm missing something. I, you know, I don't know all the uh, the intricacies of, of how the liturgies are set up. Yeah. But, um, it's funny because I'm actually reading another book. Of course, I'm reading like 10 books at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I'm reading, it's called Parenting in the Pew. And uh, it's all about like teaching your children how to go to church and not, it's not just about sitting and being quiet, but learning to worship. Um, yes. And it's good because... I I so often feel frustrated by my children at church because there's a lot of them <laughs> and they're little boys. 
and they don't know how to be quiet. Uh, and I sit there and I'm trying to concentrate on the sermon and I'm shushing them and trying to, you know, get them to, you know, sit quietly and, you know, handing out snacks That's and whatever. And it's like I find myself getting annoyed because they're being noisy or, you know, I'm like missing what's going on. And then I feel like, why am I here? I don't even know what's going on right now. Like, I don't know what he's saying. At this point, I've lost the whole point of the sermon. And you guys are not behaving and you're fighting and you're trying to crawl under the pew. And, you know, it's like, what is going on? There's raisins everywhere that I'll have to clean up at the end of service. And uh, it's just like you feel like a disaster. And then there's the the embarrassment that comes with that because you know everyone can see you right now, yep, yep, and yep, they yep. they're like, okay, this is her parenting style. She's just like giving her kids snacks and toys, and it's all failing, and they're dropping toys, and and then the people behind you are like handing them to you, and you're like so embarrassed to even turn and take it, and they're like tapping you, like, oh, is this yours? Oh, did that car roll under there again for the fifth time? I'm sorry. Uh, we will not bring it back next week. Now we know cars don't work. Um, so it has been a very good book because it has it, it talks about all that. And, oh. you know, it comes from an understanding point of like that's real life and what and that that's OK. Um, yeah. Not that not that you shouldn't encourage your child to sit quietly. That's that wasn't part of it. It was, it, you should encourage them, but it shouldn't be sitting quiet for the sake of sitting quiet. It's about what yeah. they should be doing while they're there and just teaching yeah. them to find joy in coming before them. And the one line was, it is like bringing your children and saying, look, daddy at my children. You know, it's like, this mm. is your father. Like, you know, you're, yes. here's your children. And I liked that idea. It's like, that is true. I'm bringing my children before my heavenly father to see them. And it, it, I mean, not that he can't see them everywhere, but you know, no. he meets us there. And so I just, I don't know. It was kind of a, a sweet thought. And I'm like, All right, I like that. I need and to... it's a different way of looking at it. Yeah. Right? I need that yeah. perspective because there's yeah. days where I'm like, I could really just sit home and watch the sermon online and not deal with the stress and the embarrassment and the anxiety that all of this causes me and the ironing the clothes and the getting us out on time. And, <laughs> and I want to give up, but this has encouraged me to keep going and to find the joy in it. Oh, I love that. See, well, mine, mine are older, so I don't have the pew problems, but I can. <laughs> Do I remember that? Actually, it's okay know. if your children were good, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. <laughs> They're like four years apart. So like if one is, if one, if one is younger, like when we did start going um, back to church, because I didn't always go to church. Um, it was maybe like the last how old is Matt now? Maybe like the last eight or nine years mm -hmm. is when I, I did go back. So they were a little bit older. Okay. And so by then they were in um, uh, Sunday school. So. Right. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Sunday school runs those, you know, runs the same time as service. Oh, uh, so okay. Yeah. Our I church do does, that. does not do that. There yeah. is a nursery. But the twins are now two and a half, and nursery usually ends around three. And we, because of COVID, don't have anyone working the nursery. So it's kind of yep. you sit in the nursery. 
And then I just kind of feel isolated. I come, I sit in that room with my children, I miss everything, and then I leave. So I felt very disconnected. I didn't like that. So we've been trying to work on having them sitting in with us. And it has been interesting to have the two of them going at the same time during church. And then Titus, you know, he's only three, so he's not much older than they are. And so it's kind of the three of them, the energy that they work off of. So it's kind of trying to separate them and figure out the best way of keeping us all sane. But, you know, I think, you know, but how would how else would they learn how to be in church unless they're there no it's so it's like that growing process that 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 growing and people are very kind i've had oftentimes people come up to me and say oh the boys were so good and it does encourage me and i know that like they weren't great but people coming up and just trying to encourage me and not make me feel bad it helps (laughs) that helps a lot So I'm they're sure very gracious. Because <laughs> I know you are already hard on yourself. So you don't need anybody else to be harder. <laughs> uh, oh. I'm hoping I look back one day and it's all just really funny. <laughs> you will. You will. And you think about the lady. Remember, the, like you told us last week about the lady at the farm stand. And her kids are all grown. Her boys are all grown now. So, yeah. And I'm sure she probably remembers those days in church, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So um, she's proof that, you know, it will turn out good in the end. And I might survive it. (laughs) All right. So my quote this week is from Teaching from Rest. So that's the book we're talking about. And this is where she said, surrender your idea of what the ideal homeschooling day is supposed to look like and take on with both hands the day that it is. Rest begins with acceptance and with surrender. Can we accept what he is sending today? And I love that. And I was thinking about that's not just homeschool because, you know, I also um, work from home, too. And I was substituting homeschool with, you know, working from home and saying surrender what your idea of working today is mm-hmm. supposed to look like. Yeah. Because, you know, if you have, not that my, my kids are older, so it's not like, you know, there's someone interrupting me. But I do want to be conscious to spend time with them if they ask me a question or even if they don't ask me a question to just to talk to them yeah. and just to see what's going on. And the fact that I work from home and they are home, I want to take advantage of that. You know, I don't want to be so wrapped up in my schedule that I can't sit in the kitchen and just have breakfast with my daughter right. or, you know, lunch with my son and not feel like, oh, I'm so busy. I have so much to do. And just, you know, it's just like, okay, what can I, what can I, you know, surrender today so that I can be okay with that. And especially in the fall when it's working and homeschooling, you know, and so, you know, you plan this, I always say, okay, so in the morning, I'm going to do this with schooling. And then in the afternoon, that's when I'll start this. And it never really works out that way. I'm I'm inconsistent too and I and like what you're saying for me that's one of my hardest things that I struggle with is accepting when things don't go the way that I plan and I I I always joked and said oh you know I've gotten so much better since the twins were born of kind of just I have no expectations for my day (laughs) but that's not completely true (laughs) because although when they were little I think I did that more I was able to kind of just be like well it's not happening so accept it but as they've gotten older 
I started kind of going back to my old ways of being like, okay, we'll start school at this time. I want to be doing this in the morning. This will be our afternoon. Uh, you know, we're going to take our yep. nature walks every day, rain or shine. Yep. And we're going to be outdoors. <laughs> and I have all these wonderful ideas. And I do think that they are beautiful things. But yeah, when they don't happen is when the ugly comes out because then I... I feel down on myself. I feel frustrated with the kids. And I'm like, well, the twins didn't take their nap. So now the reading didn't get done. And now this is going to mess up that. When am I going to do that? And it's going to be, you know. And I start yep. getting annoyed at my children. I get annoyed yep. at myself. And yep. that is not how homeschooling is supposed to look and feel. <laughs> no. And I think it's us. We put pressure on ourselves that it needs to look and that we need to finish and that we need to check this off and get this done. And it's like, I think I've, I've been learning especially this year this year was i think this year was our best year it was a lot more relaxed and see so you said you said you sent a letter to yourself and you haven't seen any change or any growth (laughs) but now you're saying this has been your best homeschool year because of the fact that you've been able to let things go so you have changed and you have grown maybe not in the way you wanted to but it was in the way that god had planned for you you know that is a very good way of looking at it because that was not what i wrote down or was thinking when i wrote that down. i guess god didn't think that was priority (laughs) thank you shanna (laughs) i'll send you i'll send you my my check in the mail for a therapy session (laughs) but that is i see now when i get off i have to think about that but yeah, it was. It was a. It was a year where um, it did feel like a teaching from rest. You know, it was. It, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, there are some times that I found myself like, oh, we got to do. Oh, you didn't do that, and then it's just like, yep. you know what? It's okay. Yep. And you know that pressure is not coming. You know, from me, sometimes that pressure is coming from you know outside. Like, oh, oh yeah. You know, I have to do this for school, or oh, you got to do this for college, or you know, yep. it's so many things where it's just like you know, if my kids, yeah. if my kids have a love of learning and a love of God, then you know that's all I can really ask for because everything we were, else will fall into place. <laughs> we were in a co-op, and some of the children in Ezekiel's class were reading. And I started feeling so stressed out that he is not reading yet. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I'm failing him. Like, it's his first year actually doing any schoolwork and he can't read and he can write some of his name. He can't even write his whole name. He does have a long name, but he can't get all the way through to the end. And like the kids are writing their names on their papers and, you know, some of them are reading and I'm like, I'm failing him. Like... And I was feeling really stressed out. And then it was it was going into our lessons where I'm like teaching him to read and he's not getting it. And I'm getting annoyed at him because I'm like, you're not concentrating. You're not focusing. You need to be doing this. And and then he's not enjoying it because I'm making it torture. And (laughs) it was just really bad. And then I was just like, I don't know what I'm trying to do here. Like, he's going to learn how to read. Yes, and, he is. And he's going to learn how to write his name. Like, he's not going to go through his whole life and not know. And we are doing the work. He's just, he's taking longer. And that's yeah. that's who he is. And I have to accept that. You know, some kids learn to read faster and some read slower. I've yes. taught other children to read. I was a tutor at one point, And I had this one child who was, like, super easy. And he learned how to read. And I thought, oh, wow, so easy to teach a child to read. And, 
And then, you know, I ended up teaching Jonan to read and he was much older. So that was a different experience because he's older and he can sit for a longer period of time and we could get more work done. So it, it is... It is outside influence can definitely change how you feel. Am I Absolutely. okay that it's taking him longer? Of course I'm okay with that. I don't, I just got crazy for a minute there. I was like, yeah. he has to catch up. Everyone's going to be wondering <laughs> what I'm doing at home. He doesn't know anything, you know? Yes. But he does know stuff. He just can't read or write. And we're still working on it. And he's slowly learning to read and we're getting there. But. He's, and he's going to know. Time. And, <laughs> and I agree with that because then it's like uh, sometimes I have to stop and say, you know, what am I holding on to that's preventing me from accepting the situation? Yeah. You know, or what am I holding on to that's making me be annoyed or, yeah. you know, because there's usually something, you know, whether it's, um, you know, expectations, you know, or yeah. whatever it is, you know, there's something, but it's something that I have control over that I can let go. And the thing and, is, you know, we chose to homeschool so that we could teach our children in the way that they learn at the yeah. pace that they learn. Exactly. And then I'm over here being like, you're not learning fast enough and you're not <laughs> doing it the right way. And I'm just like, oh, wait, I was doing this so that I could teach he them could in the it. way they need. And instead yes. I'm being crazy and not a fun mom or teacher (laughs) yeah and I think but I I think as I'm reading through again with the um homeschooling from or teaching from rest um I think that's that's probably the gist of what she's trying to say you know like you're you're at rest when you you surrender you know you surrender you surrender your child's future to God you know we we can do all of this but we don't know what the future holds for our for our children you know we don't know we can hope and and pray that they, you know, uh, go a, a certain path, but we don't know, mm-hmm. you know, but what we can do, what we do have control over is what we teach and, and that we model. I think the most important thing is like modeling yes. um, what you are teaching, Yeah, you know, and so that, and so if you're talking about God and believing in God and, you know, and you're not reading the Bible or you, you know, we don't have any discussions about God, then there's a disconnect, you know? Right. So I, I think that's what helps to keep me in check because it's like, well, they're always looking and looking at you. And if you're saying that you're this, Mm -hmm. but your actions are showing that, then, you know, that that may give them a reason to to not believe or not to not to think to think too much about something that you're placing high value on. So. I'm kind of excited in reading it again. I really don't even remember if I finished it, but like I did get the audiobook too. Cuz you know your friend, she's got to have the audiobook and the book, and so I have the Kindle book. You know what? I think I think it was worthwhile. <laughs> well, I think I got the physical book. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was worthwhile for me having the audiobook cuz I really think I could I could listen through it before every school year or even after mm. a break cuz sometimes after Christmas break I need some serious motivation. Um, and it's, like I said, I think it was like two hours to listen to it. So I was able to do that in like one day I was able to, I I did some weeding, I did some cleaning and I was like, done. (laughs) I listened to the whole book and I was like, that was really refreshing. I saw in one of the reviews, there was a lady, she said she reads it every quarter, you know, and I was like, that's probably a great idea. Just kind of something to refresh us as, as moms, as teachers, you know, just, just to kind of remember 
what this is all about. So uh, maybe I I won't commit to say every quarter, but maybe at least once a year. Yeah, so I was like, (laughs) you know what, I think I'll listen to it again when the school year begins. So I go in with, I don't know, a zeal for educating my children. And uh, (laughs) absolutely, we'll see. I may need it again in January. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, January, February, those are the harder months Uh, coming back, coming back from a nice long week or two three four off in December. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> and then you're inside and it's cold and there's no going outside and so anyway um so that's that's that was my quote for this week all right and we are moving along in our bible reading as well we both started joshua this week yes i am excited because at least there's dialogue and the stories. <laughs> there's <Joshua>. a storyline. <laughs> there is a storyline in Joshua. Don't get too um, comfortable. If I remember correctly, the end is not as exciting as the beginning. Uh, uh, never. <laughs> so enjoy the beginning. That's okay. We'll enjoy the beginning. But you know what I I um I loved in like Joshua chapter one. There's like this running theme. I think it's like either th- four, three or four times where it's like be strong yep. and courageous. Yep. You know, that command of yep. just being strong and courageous. And that follows through the book. I feel like that's, I think when people think of the book of Joshua, that's kind of the phrase you think of. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and I wondered, I said, well, what, you know, what, uh, what was the purpose of that? And I'm thinking, probably because it took 40 years to get to this point, you know. <laughs> and then you figure, you know, it, you know, if you let it, if you allow it, you know, that fear can come back in because it was fear that prevented them from, you know, going into the promised land 40 years before. And these and children so- who are now adults have spent their entire lives wandering the wilderness. The yeah. yeah, so... They've done nothing else. So now they're going to go from doing this their entire life to now we're going to cross this major waterway and take over this city. So they've done nothing and now they're going to do all of this. So I can't even imagine. Like they know the stories of their history, but now they're going to live these real challenges. They're going to experience it firsthand. And they have to have that faith of like, okay, God can actually do these things. Like these aren't just fairy tales that we were told yeah. by Moses. Like this is yeah. really going to happen in our day. Yeah. And and that I would agree because that is, I, I never thought about it in that, you know, that's the, that's the life that they know, you know, because you figure in the desert, there's not much in the desert, right? Yep. So they're really not sure what you're fighting for you know like if you haven't really seen anything beautiful then you might not desire yeah for that beauty because you you don't really you don't know it and so you know for them it could have been maybe okay to stay a little bit longer or to try to you know circumvent it go around it you know let's just assimilate into the other cultures and not uh not worry about fighting because right. you know, now we have to go to it's not like we're just going to go and everyone's going to be like okay we'll leave yeah you know we have yeah. to actually fight there's going to be a war and you know trusting that god is going to you know pull through and oh i had an interesting thought word. too before we move into joshua because we did end deuteronomy we did get a chance to talk about it i thought it was so interesting that Moses's body was never found. Yeah. So that and yes. and it says he wasn't like old and decrepit. It said you know he still no. was like strong. His he had his health good. and like yes. and uh, so 
I was thinking, like, do you think he just, like, went up into heaven as is, never died? You know, like how Elijah was taken up into heaven. He never died. He was just taken up into heaven. Do you think that's what happened to Moses? Like, why was there no body? I would think that because scripture doesn't tell us that, that maybe it didn't. Because later on in the Bible, it talks about... Elijah and Moses coming back. I have to find it. Where is oh, that? Oh, I do. On the mountain, the transfiguration, yes. right? When Jesus goes yes. up to the mountain. And, and it's only there. Elijah and Moses. And it's yes. weird that it's those two. I don't know. True. I don't know. It was know? just like a weird mystery. And I was like, oh, I have to get Janice's opinion on that. And then I forgot because I got excited about Joshua. So I was like, let me hurry up and remember <laughs> no, that. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up because if I'm not mistaken, Shanna... Uh, I could be wrong in the book of the Bible, but in Titus, in the book Titus, it was talking about how, and he's the only person who mentions it, how the devil and God were fighting over Moses's body. Uh, Do you remember that? Yes, yes. I think it was in the book of Titus, which makes me think, because like how it explicitly told us that Elijah was taken up to heaven. It doesn't tell us that from right. Moses, which, I, which makes me think like maybe it didn't. But I thought it was in the book of Titus, but I could be wrong. Um, but I read it recently, so I'm not sure. And I'm, but I'm reading like I'm always reading in different chapters. In, in addition to our regular readings, I read other you know books yeah, of the Bible no, too. So then I'm like, I don't remember if it was. <laughs> If it was this one or that one, but I, I, I thought oh, that's Titus. in Jude. It's in Jude. Oh, it's in Jude. Okay. It was okay. It was like, I knew it was like one of the books that were, um, like a small yeah, chapter. In Jude chapter one, verse nine, it refers to an event found nowhere else in the Bible stating, but when the archangel Michael contended with the devil was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Why were Michael and Satan disputing about the body of Moses? Hmm. Yeah, see, so that's what makes me think that he, that he, he did, did die. die, that he right. did die. He wasn't just taken but, out. but, but when we talk about the transfiguration, he was there. Yeah, you know, because I remember Peter was like, "Oh, should I get a tent for you, Moses?" And, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and Elijah, you know. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it was an interesting thought. And I was like, I have to share it with you. I'll put that in my book of questions of when I get to heaven. Yeah. (laughs) Like, okay, um, God. Yeah, whatever happened there with uh, Moses' body, by the way. (laughs) Just curious. I know it doesn't matter now, but (laughs) if you feel like sharing. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so I was just, and I, I didn't even, I didn't really even delve into it. I don't know what commentaries say about it or what. I just kind of was reading it and I'm like, that's so funny. I never realized that like he died in good health and his body was never found. And then thinking about his body, I was just kind of thinking like, when is Moses brought up? So, you know what I, what I thought, I wondered in reading that, um, why, how did they know that he died? You know, like, because yeah, no one found him. his body and they didn't, they didn't. I um, guess because they knew God was talking to him and saying, you're going to die. And then, you know, you're going to. So he had handed over his power or whatever over to Joshua at this point. And right. then he went off to die. So I guess they just knew he died. 
<laughs> yeah, because I was like, you know, there's many times that Moses went up the mountain and didn't come back for like a long, know, a long time. period of time. So and like, I was didn't wondering. Some of them wonder like, well, maybe he's still just up there, you know, but, but maybe, right. Cause, but, but you made a point to they, say that he did throw, he did transfer um, authority to Joshua and he did, and, and um, he did tell them that I'm, <laughs> I'm going to die because you, yeah. You made me sin. <laughs> yep. I'll try not to say it's your fault, but man, <laughs> you hard-headed people. I was glad at least, strike at least they rock. were sad when he died. So at least <laughs> absolutely, even after all their nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But um, so I just, that was my wonder. Like, did how did they know for sure? Like, did they hang around or did we just, but I think like you said, he probably, they knew he was, he knew he was going to die, and so once he went up to the mountain, um, but that must have taken no some faith to believe that he died. If you see a man going and he's completely healthy, nothing is wrong with him, and he's just like, "I'm going to go die now," and then they go and look, and there's no body anywhere. It's like, wouldn't that be one of those things that you just question and be like, "Okay, so I don't know. These people just have complete faith that he's dead." Time and to I move think on. that's one of those things. I was reading. I'm I. I started it, but I have not finished it because I, you know, like you, I'm like 10,000 books at one time, but in the book, Words of Delight, uh, that um, it talks about like, there are things that the Bible just doesn't tell us, you know, like there's some things that's very detailed and then it's, and a lot of things that just does not tell us, you know, yep. and so and with, and doesn't give us reason as to why it doesn't tell us, but it just doesn't. So maybe God didn't think it was important to share that aspect of it yeah and and power did transfer i mean uh you know life did go on yeah it doesn't tell us like it doesn't give clear indication that it was they did mourn for moses right. for 30 days i believe so i think that was a, that was the ritual at the time and maybe at at that point that's when joshua was like okay now we go yeah Okay, so we, we can move back that. into Joshua. I just yes. wanted to say that because I had to get no, that out there because I read it and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, I'm glad you did. <laughs> so because I, I, I would, I always, I had read that with you know about Moses and you know the fight over his body, and I was like, oh, that's something Shannon and I never talked about. Yeah. <laughs> so and like uh, I told I, you, I didn't do good with my notes, otherwise that would have been written down of like, oh, I have to talk about this, but. Uh, it did pop I'm into my head, so I'm thankful for yep. that. But yeah, so Joshua I was thinking, um, takes over. Wait. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, I, I lost my thoughts. <laughs> oh, sorry. But no, I, that was me. I was thinking that it, it was, well, one of the wonders, just, just closing off with the last thing you said, why why were, Why did he want Moses' body? Like, what was his intent with that? But no no answer for that one but yeah. yeah and joshua we can see now he's ready to move forward and i love that before they move forward to war that um they cross the jordan river so they get a chance to kind of see a miracle for themselves this generation too. yeah you know and they put the, I, I they know. put the stones in the middle so yeah. that other generations could wonder how did those stones get there and that would yes. be a part of history where they would be able to be like oh you know god parted it and it's funny because everyone remembers the red sea being parted that's such a even if you're not in the bible that's such a big one but then the jordan 
Nobody really yeah. talks about that. It's such an underrated thing, but it was really, it even mentions it. It was as amazing as the Red Sea, you know? I was going to say, like, is it, is it, is it that the Jordan River is not as, you know, uh, big or you wide? Know, like I don't know. Right? It because sounds it, like it's yes. quite the rushing, like they wouldn't have survived it trying to swim across. Like it sounded like it was a powerful river. So it said it, exactly. it was, and it was during the season where it was like flooding the field. So it, it seemed pretty massive. Yeah, and I was yeah. So I, yeah, in Sunday school they don't you know you always you do you do get the the Moses parting of the Red Sea, but you don't really get like you say you don't really get the and even the big like you do the Joshua, Joshua story. And what do you focus on? You focus the on wall the walls, yeah, like yeah, that's his thing. Like, but yeah, so that's why it made me think. Okay, was the Jordan River not really a big <laughs> river, but. The fact that it had to be parted said that it says something. <laughs> so now <laughs> you know, I feel like we have across. to talk about the character Rahab. And this story has always mm. bothered me. I do like oh. her. I do yep. like her. But it bothers me because she has to tell a lie in order to keep these men Save safe. The yes. And then she is rewarded for for lying, basically. And I find that very interesting. And we know that, you know, God could do anything. So it's like yep. she could have hid them and, you know, said, oh, you know, they're up there and they could have not seen them. I don't know. It's just you feel like she had to lie in order for these people to trust her. And then she told them, like, oh, you have to hide or they'll find you. Like she told them everything they needed to do. So yes. she was, like, really helpful in their escape. But it was, like, did she need to lie? It's always been something mm. that bothered me. You know, I I never thought of that. And I'm thinking about that as you say it. She did, I think, she did, well, okay, I'm going to justify her lie. Okay, yeah, no, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> but the way I understand how city walls are, because remember they have this big city wall. Right, and hers so is built into the wall. In the wall, right. It says, you know, her home was built into the, the walls, uh, the city walls. But she gave them, uh, so I'm picturing, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't think the Bible goes as detailed into it. So this might be just one of those things where, unless you know the area, but for some reason, I'm thinking like outside of the wall, maybe there wasn't a lot of hiding spaces, you know, because she sent them in the opposite direction of where they were going so that they wouldn't catch up to them. Right. You know, because like, like I'm thinking she had to or else, like there must have been something why she had to because she sent them in the opposite direction. Well, the men, I mean, the people of the city knew that these strange men went to her house. They knew that, yeah. and they came to her house. She hid them on the roof, and they came in and said, where are the men? And she said, oh, they just left the city before the gates shut. Yeah, You know, and that was her big lie, was they had not left but she the city. Gave they were on the roof, and she said that, knowing that that was not the truth. And then... The men are saved because of this lie. Yeah. And then she is rewarded because she says, you know, please repay me by not, you know, I know that you're, I know that, you know, God has given this city into your hands and that we're all going to be destroyed, but save me and my family because I have spared you, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe in my imagination, I was thinking that maybe, um, 
outside the wall to go back to where they needed to go back to that it's it i felt like maybe it was obvious uh, this is just my in my head it does not say that in the bible but i'm assuming that she has to lie because she needs they need to have enough time to escape right no i do think she needed to lie or they were gonna get caught you know i do feel yeah. like she needed to lie but it's just interesting because she wasn't under god's moral laws though like she meaning like uh, you know, like the Israelites know the Ten Commandments and they know. So I don't know. I might be making an yeah, excuse for her. Maybe she didn't. But I mean, and she obviously believed that they she believed in their God because she yeah. she knew she had complete understanding of he's giving this over to you like we can't yeah. fight again and and they were a massive city with these giant walls and and originally the people that had come over. Um, when Joshua and Caleb had gone and the other spies, they were like, oh, the people there are giants and we can never take them. And, you know, they yep. had all that fear. So I'm assuming the city was still the same even after all this time. And she knew, like, nope, well, this is it. This is the end of us. <laughs> I Maybe. And I don't know. I don't want to put words. I don't want to put words that the Bible doesn't say. So... Maybe that's the things that make you go, hmm, yeah. oh, we have to research that a little bit more. Yeah. You know what I think of? And I and I could be totally wrong. But, you know, like when Jesus was like, we need to be wise as something and sharp as something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think that helped you. <laughs> I can't remember. He's like, you know, you need to be something as doves and sharp as serpents. I don't know. I could be totally, I'm sure I'm totally messing that up and I can't remember what the verse is, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't justify a lie, but it did help them. It did. Escape. And then <laughs> and, they end up coming back and they, they save her and her family because, yeah. um, of what she did for them. So I don't know. Yeah. It was like, she did it because she had faith in God. You know, she, oh, she she heard about him, yeah, right? and so, like I think she they believed had their own gods she, exactly, too. but she believed like this God is real, and yes. she, I mean, she put herself at risk because if the men had been found, she would have been killed. Obviously, yeah, she put her herself her family, as probably. yeah, exactly, in such risk to hide them, and yeah. then to lie and just everything she did, she definitely didn't do it out of self-preservation. She did it because she believed this God to be real. So yes. I do think like in that way, it was okay. It was amazing. But then it was like, but then she did lie. So I've always kind of just like <laughs> went back and forth with that. It's like, but you know, God hates the lying tongue. It's like, you know, and I, I don't know, but maybe she was coming to but faith. But her lying wasn't for, um, malicious purposes no, it right wasn't. it was it was to, it was it to was save because it's men. kind of like it's kind of like if you if you think about the holocaust right where people were hiding um, yeah. hiding jews and if someone came and asked you did you have a jew in your house and you said yeah, no yeah. then you are lying but yeah. I, it wasn't a lying with the with with the intent of being malicious, no it was but you're lying to save someone's life yeah. so Maybe there's there's a gotta difference. be, yeah, there's gotta be some kind of, I don't know. <laughs> it's so funny because 
uh, what I think about most when I hear Rahab story is that they always like it's never just Rahab. It's like Rahab the prostitute. Yeah. Like, why can't she just be Rahab? Well, it was, <laughs> was interesting like, because you know foreign men come to visit and they go to her house and be like, well, we know they were here. Like, yeah, so obviously exactly. she had a booming business where everyone who entered the gates immediately went to Rahab's house. Rahab's house, yes, because they, yes, they did go to see her. <laughs> but I mean, even in the even in the in the New Testament when they referred to her, it's like Rahab the prostitute. Yeah. Like she never gets to just that Rahab. down. Yep, she had that scarlet yeah. letter that she lived with. Isn't that the scarlet yep. letter? Because it was yeah. Like, it didn't wow. matter what she did with her life because she will always be. But it's funny <laughs> though. have the prostitute. I think one of the reasons they went to her house is because it was easy cover because people would often come and then yep. go there, and I think that's why they picked her home. It wasn't just you know they happened upon it. I think they yeah. went there because they knew it wouldn't look suspicious. Yeah, yeah. And she, and she, and actually, what I love about about her story is that she gets mentioned because we know in the New Testament because we know her her children right are are in the family line of Jesus. Which is so you know amazing, which is pretty amazing exactly. for a prostitute, exactly. right? For a prostitute, exactly. So talk about redemption, yeah. uh, uh, total redemption there. Yeah. And just, you know, just not knowing. But um, I thought her, that's that's what I'm like, can we just call her Rahab? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I, I thought she was brave because, you know, she didn't have to help. She could have just, you know, went about her business. But the fact that I love when she's like, I heard about, we've heard about like your God yep. and how he parted seas. Yep. And so you, it shows you how even in the pagan this pagan country that they still God's they still God's name was still in there yeah. that they did hear these stories, yeah. you know, um, and that and she was converted through just that, just here exactly. Yeah. She didn't see it for herself. She just heard the story, yeah. and uh, and it, which makes you say she had a lot more faith than you know the, the than those who were you know, stuck for the 40 years yeah. because who actually witnessed the, right. the crossing of the Red right. Sea and the manna from the sky. Um, so I thought that was interesting too, that it, it makes me think about countries now where, you know, like uh, communist China or, you know, um, these, these countries where Christianity is forbidden, but Christianity still finds its way there, yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. the word of God yeah. is still there. And, I think it's amazing. It just it made me think of that. Like God, God's word can't be held back. It's going to travel. It's going, that good news is going to spread. Yep. And even in Rahab's day, the good news spread about the parting of the Red Sea. But it also showed the hardening, hard, the hardness of people's hearts because while she heard the story and she believed and her family too, I assume, mm-hmm. um, you know, no one else in that town did. Yeah, you know, they heard the stories, but it didn't change their life. It didn't make them want to change their life, you know. And it's interesting so. because obviously she was a harlot, so you know, she wasn't following God or living for God. But then these men come to her house and they speak with her, and I don't know what they say to her because no conversation is recorded. The, all we know is that she hides them. Yeah. But you have to. You, I mean, at that point, you think, okay, she turned her life around. And was yeah. it because she felt like, wow, God sent them to me? Was it something that they said that converted her? Like, you have to wonder, what did it? Like, what was it for that 
to turn her life around from being Rahab the harlot to, you know, being in the line of Jesus. So, <laughs> And again, it comes back to how, how interesting the Bible is. Like some things it tells us a lot of details yeah. and some stories it leaves a lot of, of details out. Yeah. I mean, and, um, you know, it's like I can't, you know get the answers but i'm just like there was how many chapters about the building of the temple and we couldn't have a little bit more information about <laughs> moses's body and Ram's backstory nope god said no you that's enough <laughs> you but get. it leaves us it leaves our imagination like those parts that are left out it does leave us to you know to use our imagination there yeah you know i picture her as so move that she wanted to know more about this God and to be with the people, you know, because, you know, this, her, her people are about to be totally destroyed, but to, to believe and want so much that she, you know, now I'm going to be dwelling with these people and, and worshiping their God and living the life the way that they live their life. And she was so for it. So in my head, maybe she didn't want to be a prostitute anymore, you know, but, and this was like her way this was her chance to escape. Her chance yeah. to escape, to have a new life yeah. with this new God who forgives and, you know, um, where there's structure and rules and maybe, you know, and, and she got married to one of the Israelites. So, you know, to people who accept her yeah. and, you know, maybe not, um, but who knows, you know, as we've learned in the other, was it, was it last week? You know, there's no virtuous woman. Yeah. So, so I'm sure there was somebody <laughs> It was like, oh, that's Rahab the prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> she got, she landed so and so. He could have had a nice Jewish girl, and he went with Rahab the prostitute. <laughs> if they're anything oh like the people yeah. in uh, the Scarlet Letter. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we are we are running out of time today i don't know if we have enough time to do our scarlet letter but maybe we can get in one chapter okay we can just continue next week i'm glad we though we got a chance to talk about the homeschool for us so we did get to ramble about a different book (laughs) yes you you bring up another book and we will manage to get off topic oh my goodness Sorry, no, you're you were good. like, and you were like, rein me in, rein me I in. Know. No, it was my fault. You brought that book up, and I was like, oh yes, <laughs> I have a lot to say on that. <laughs> but uh, we'll just touch, we'll just you know touch in our last few minutes um, a little bit on chapter. I think we left off last week on the rec- on the recognition chapter three. Yeah, so we are up so to the chapter interview. four. That one was very Ooh. weird. Ah, you know, I, I, well, you know what, I, it, what I noticed, let's talk about what, what do we notice in that chapter? So like, um, well, I noticed her, well, we find out that her, it's her husband, which we had a yes. feeling about, um, what was his name? Roger Chillingworth. Chillingworth. Yes. Yes. So we find out in this chapter, it is her husband, but we, and we find out that he's old. Yes. How were you picturing him? Because I'm picturing him like I was I was trying to like get a gauge for what his age was. I'm like, is he old, old or is he just like, is she well, like because he was like adventurous and stuff? I just thought he was going to be younger. And also she's young. So I kind of pictured him being young. But I think back then it was very no. typical for older men to marry younger women. I think that was very right. commonplace. So like like 40 old, 50 old. Like, what are you picturing him? 
Yeah, I I think maybe late forties. I was kind of thinking. 40s, I wasn't yeah. thinking fifties, but it could be. It doesn't say, but uh, it doesn't say. But like as the story goes on, I'm getting the impression like he's up there in age. Yeah, you know? like he's not like a late twenties no, or early thirties. No. I'm thinking he's like a. And then he's and then he's not attractive because according to himself he's like he's had a like a funny shaped head. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so he's like I'm old and I gotta. Uh, I, I think he's <laughs> forgot how he put it. Like he when he came out at his, at birth his head wasn't <laughs> something was wrong with his head. And I'm like wow they left out the backstory oh, of how man. did they get how did they end up together? <laughs> yeah. Well, we do find out in this one they did not marry for love. And yes, she yes. tells him, like, you knew I never loved you. And he yes. was like, I know I shouldn't have made you marry me. And I, I can't figure yes. out why she did marry him. Yes, I don't I know if it was this. because she promised, he promised, oh, I'm going to send you to America and you're going to have this new, like, exciting life. I don't know what it was, but. Or maybe, you know, how parents like, oh, he's an older man with money and established yeah. that, you know, that you'll be taken care of kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so we don't actually know what caused them to get married, but we do learn that they did not not love each other. He was attracted to her because she is beautiful and he and wanted young. to like own her. But I don't know that he ever loved her and she definitely never loved him. Yeah. And he, but I think it was a status thing. I got a sense that it, like he liked having a young wife, yeah. you know, but he also knew in his heart that this, you know, this married to this young part, this young woman, like this was a dream. Yeah. You know, the fact that this happened, he should not be, actually he kind of, I think she took some responsibility. Yeah, I think he failed him. her and he knows it. He said he should not have sent her off. Yeah. And then to take, and not that he intended to be gone that long. I mean, it sounds like he went through some interesting adventures trying to get to her. But he left her for years. And she's young and she is beautiful and she's alone in a strange land. And so I think he kind of realized, I set you up for failure. Not only did I marry you when you told me you didn't love me. And this was never going to work out. But then I send you <laughs> off on your own for years. And yeah. kind of what do I expect that I'm going to come and find? Exactly. And I loved and I liked that about him. I will say I love that about him. But he was so obsessed, though, in finding out who she had the affair with. And that's the thing, too. He's He tells her in this chapter that, like, I will find out who this man is. Yes, like, this like, is now his life's purpose, is to yes, know who defiled like, his wife. <laughs> I know. I was like, why? Because he accepted that yeah. she was young and that, you know, someone found her attractive and she had an affair. But yeah. And then he wasn't there because no one in the colony knows he's her husband. Right. So it's not like... He has this shame attached to him, yeah, because he the, made it clear that he did not want to be. And he, he, he did yeah. not want anyone to know. Yeah, he tells her, you know, pretend you don't know me, and we have we know know each other, and yeah. So, but I find it interesting that she's in prison, and she's you know, um, they take her off the square, and now she's going to jail, and yep. he comes, he he puts himself in the position to come and speak to her. So that's what this whole chapter is about. and Yeah, because he's now the physician. Right, right? and like I'm just like, yeah. one, nobody knows who you are. And the guy's like, nope. oh, yeah, go be her doctor. And he leaves. He leaves this stranger just- that nobody knows in the prison cell with her. That's well, not for nothing. They were like, she was very restless, and the baby was crying and crying yeah. and crying. Probably was just like, I need to get out of here. I don't care who you are. <laughs> it's 
I thought that was real bizarre. Rescue me. Because like, he was like, she was like, it, they made it seem like, I don't know if she was pacing or whatever, but like she was riled up yeah. too, which was riling up the baby. And yeah, I think he, they would have sent anybody in at that point. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, okay, go ahead. You could be the doctor. So then he goes in and he's actually being a good doctor and he sees what's wrong with the baby and he's like, oh, she needs this medicine. And her immediate reaction is, don't kill the baby. <laughs> I was like, well, not for nothing. I was, I would, you know, I mean, he's not the father. Yeah, but he hasn't said anything. This is I the man know. she now was like- married to and she thinks he's going to murder her child. <laughs> I was like, wow, that really gives you a sense of their relationship. Don't kill the baby. And he was like, he he's like shocked that that's her reaction too. Like, why would I kill the baby? Like, and so then he's like, here, you give it to her. And she's like, I can't do it. And he ends up, he takes care of the baby and he's like, Almost sweet and kind, and you almost feel like, oh, okay, maybe he's a nice person. Cause no, because he was like, remember, he's like, he said something that was like, and this is not even my child's, not even like, if the child hears my voice, you know, it's going to soothe the child because it's not mine. Yeah, but she won't do it, and he does give the medicine to the baby, and the baby immediately falls asleep, and you're like, okay, like yes. he knew what he was doing, and he did care. He did. He could have let he that did. child just scream its head off and be like, well, I don't care, it's not my problem. That's very true. And then he gives, then he goes to give something to her, and she once again is like, "Oh, don't kill me!" I know. I like, well. Now we're back. Now not only did like he didn't kill your child, and now she thinks, "Well, now he's got it out for me." Like, well, I would say I, I was with her too. I don't know. You've been gone for so long, you know, and now you try to give me stuff. I was with her. I would be a little skeptical too, but she does eventually take it. And um, I think they left off. I think that was when they made the agreement to not. They were never going to speak. Yeah, they were never going to act like they knew each other. And then he leaves it off with, and I will get revenge. Oh, my goodness. And I was just like, why? Why? Yeah, like you don't. (laughs) It just seems like he's done. Like this chapter is over. But no, he's like, no. And my thing is, does he feel like he can never get married again? Do you think that's his problem? Right, like, like, is like, he stuck? He is older and unattractive, yeah. though. And he's already... And, you know, I don't know what the ratio is for women, but... he Actually, it did sound like he did not... He had no desire to get married again. Um, and that, like, revenge is just kind of consuming his heart. Like, I, like it, it, I got the impression, too, that he had no desire... You know, like he lucked out with having her marrying this young girl, you know, outside of his. I just can't understand why he shipped her off. Like, if you knew you were going to be staying in England longer, why wouldn't you keep your wife with you? And why wouldn't you travel together? At least with her family. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't get that. I didn't understand the whole thing. But if you look at if they, when they were describing his personality, you know, he or he described himself like he was about learning and, you know, like he was about he wanted to explore and, you know, and learn and and do all these things. So I think for him, he just saw it as maybe he was getting married, but he still wants to have a life and, you know, finish school and go or I don't know if it was school, but he wanted to travel and do all these other things. Yeah. He was an academic. I got the impression. Yeah. He's like a scholar. Yeah. He's like a scholar and he wanted to pursue his learning. Yeah. And maybe he thought, I mean, it makes no, it doesn't seem like she had friends there, you know? Um, So yeah, I don't know why, because she had family uh, in Europe. So uh, that, 
that they did not make clear. No. But we do get the sense that I think he was he he took for granted that she was just going to be as his wife just there waiting, waiting for, him. for him to come yeah and not it, well I mean she should have she was married but we know that did not happen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to pause here um and next week we'll we'll talk about her what they I think in chapter five they talk about her like her life after prison yes, and what she what, she's doing. what her life is her and 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 Pearl we get to kind of yeah you know, and we learn a little like, bit Pearl about is now Pearl. her daughter yeah yeah I couldn't get a sense of how old Pearl is at this um is Pearl like a little like three or four or is Pearl like seven or eight I couldn't get a so sense so in the chapter about Pearl she's still yeah. like a toddler. She's still a toddler, yeah. right? So, like, maybe three, yeah. three two or three-year-old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there was... I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that more, but um, I was trying to get a... I was trying to get a sense of, like, their age. Yeah. You know? Even even um, Mr... What is his name? Mr. Dim, Dimmersdale? Um, Demisdale or Demisdale? The reverend. Yeah. The one she had the affair with. I couldn't get his... Is he young, too? He seemed young, right? Because in the, one of the first chapters... When they're talking about, there's like the seasoned pastor that's over him, and he's talking yeah. to him. He seemed like he was much younger, and I, I, I don't have it written down, but I do feel like they spoke about him being younger. So I have a feeling he's like this young minister, and also he's not married, so that gives you yeah. the impression that he is. He's still young. young. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, what did pastors marry back then? Oh, I because like why is I he having an affair with know. her, right? Like, I think he, he and and I've thought about this. I I feel like she could have pretended to not be married, or she could have just said my get her husband pronounced dead because he's been missing for years. She hasn't yeah. heard from him at all, so she doesn't know. Yeah. Why That's couldn't why, why, people why so couldn't she him? just have him pronounced dead so she was free? And then right. he could have married her. And the thing is, once they found out that she was pregnant, he should have just married yeah. her. And then it would have been not an issue. Yeah. But then, she, true, because she honestly did not know whether her husband was alive or dead. Right. So, um, I don't know what they would have done in so that time. So maybe the minister like, could he have gotten married? married. I don't That's actually what I was know what like, the Puritan rules are. I might have to look up and see. Me too. There's probably like, some well, standards could... that are like, we could find somewhere that would say whether they are allowed to, or not to get married. Yeah, because I'm like, why isn't he married? And um, and why couldn't especially he have he's married? That's why I couldn't figure out his age. Yeah. I know he's younger than the governor and the other person. Like, because I think they kind of like I I if I'm not mistaken in like. The chapter when she was standing up at the podium in front of the whole town. I think they called him young. Yeah, I kind of remember a, that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But I couldn't get a sense of like young 20s, yeah. like 30s. Like what is he young? But I was thinking yeah, he was, was similar in age to her in my mind. But yeah, yeah. I might have just made and, that up. <laughs> no, but I'm thinking too because the fact that they got along and found things in common. Right. Um, so I don't know. But next week we will... <laughs> If we don't get distracted from a a, a, a different book, <laughs> we will try and get to chapter five. <laughs> we will try. <laughs> we will try. 
we surely but will. But you know what? Our goal was to go through this book slowly, and we are doing it. So yeah, I'm proud so I'm of actually us. glad. Me too. Me too. There you go. See, I so put that if in my you are following music. along with us and you have not gotten up to chapter five yet, you're okay. Don't feel bad. You have till you next week. In good company. <laughs> <laughs> you are in good company because we are going slow. <laughs> but um, I can't wait to. So I can't wait till we till we get about it. I I I am up to. I think chapter seven, the governor's hall. So um, just for sake of time, I was just cutting us off because we were like at the uh, hour and 10 minute mark. So okay. I will uh, um, figure we can just start that next chapter next week so we can really get deep into it. Yeah. But, and you know, and but, there's a but, lot to cover in chapter five. I was going to so say, So I feel yeah. like I want the time. I don't want to feel rushed. I have a lot to say on that chapter. So. Okay, good. Yeah. Because I feel that way too. Like, um, there is because that one doesn't have a lot of dialogue in it no. but it gives a lot of details yes. and i don't want to rush through that yes. so yeah okay, okay. i'm glad we're all gonna right, save so it so good yay <laughs> all right we are so glad that you joined us this evening or this night or this day whenever you're listening yes thank you for listening in and hopefully you're able to follow along i feel like i was a little scattered this week but uh it's been fun and thank you for listening again And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Can you do us a favor? If you like this podcast, please write a good review for us on iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcast player. Your review or like helps others to find and listen to our podcast. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. 